church uh, congregational song for the special, I think, correct? Do we want to do one? Who said yeah? What are we doing? We'll think about it. I'll do the children's message, and if someone thinks of one, throw it at John or Mary Lou, and we'll see what we can do. So kids, you want to come up here? Any kids? Brave, young kids? All right, if you want to take a seat up here, let me see. It's, it's not quite fall. But usually August and September, I better move this so you guys, they can see your uh, wonderful smiling faces, right? So, uh, let's see, I need my Bible at some point here. But anyway, man, I love apples. Don't you? How many of you like apples? Yeah? They're just so wonderful. Let's see what I got in here. I got... Ooh, oh, I don't know. That's, that's, that's not a very good apple. I thought, I, you know, we could probably put some together and have a basket of apples for fellowship dinner, right? Okay, well, I think we could cover that one up, don't you? That, that ain't too bad. We'll just put it in the bottom. Let me see. Uh, ooh, ooh, what is that? Whoa, is that an apple? Huh? I think that might be a plump. Let's cover that up. Because I just, we need a lot more apples, so let's keep it. But let's, you think we can cover it up? No. Well, yeah, we can. Let's keep, let's just, oh, that one's not so good. Let's, we're putting those on the bottom. What else do I got in here? Oh, that's a nice one. So if we just take this nice one, oh, here's here's the good ones. Here's a couple more. Does this one look good? These look good, right? Okay, so if we just cover them up, we'll be good, right? We'll be good. Some of them are saying yes. We can cut white. Claire, no, we can't. Why not? God can't, only God can cover them up. Well, look, see, I covered them up. Can you see them? They're down in the bottom, and I covered them up. So now we'll just set this out someplace so, so we can have some nice, yummy apples back there for fellowship dinner. No one will know. We'll just take a couple from the top, and just a couple of you, we could vote and who gets to have an apple or two and the rest will leave there so no one sees the rest because they're all good right they're all good because they all look good from here right are they good all of them the ones on the bottom aren't are they do you think we you don't think what it, these apples won't make those better no well, you're right. 
They won't make. They'll probably spoil the rest of the apples. Do we ever try to cover up things in our life? Huh? Do we? No, you don't know. Not rotten apples anyway, right? What do you guys think? Do we ever try to cover stuff up in our life? What about sin? Can we cover sin up? I mean, we can. What if we go to church a lot? What if we even volunteer to help in Sunday school? Or what if we are, you know, even going to be baptized or take communion? Will that cover stuff up? I mean, can we just, no? Laney, no? We can't? You're right. This verse here, uh, Proverbs 28. 13 says, He who conceals, see that up there, kids? He who conceals his transgressions or sins will not prosper. But he who confesses and forsakes them will find compassion. You know, and so today, when we take communion, we're realizing, you know, I still have things in my not life I need to deal with. And and we're commanded to deal with those really, not just when we come to church, not just when we take communion, but when we do those things. Or every day. But God has already forgiven us and placed us in His, in his family. What He wants us to do is to take our sins to Him and our troubles and everything to Him every day, all the time, and not cover them up. Because did Covering those bad apples up make that a good basket of apples? No, it didn't. And God knows and searches the heart, doesn't He? And so we need to be people and kids who are willing to confess our sins to the Lord all the time. And it says He will have compassion. And He will give us the ability to succeed spiritually. Okay? Does that make sense? Yes? No? Now let let me ask you something. Without washing these, what if I take this apple here that was sitting on top of it and it's got a little of bad apple juice on it? Who wants to chew on that without washing it? Not me. Just, you need to be aware, kids, sin is destructive. And it not only affects you, but it affects others. And we cannot cover it up. God knows, right? Let's pray. Lord, we thank You for these youngsters, and we ask, Lord, that You would continue to work in their hearts, that they would understand the severity of even the smallest sin. That they would turn to You, Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of their sins, that by faith they would receive You into their life, and Lord, that they would continue to walk with You and grow in You, knowing that it's not by works of righteousness that we have done, it's not by our works that we're saved, but it's by faith. And as we have faith in You, we come to be believers in You. We're saved to do good works. We're not saved by good works. So help us to remember that, Lord, and keep the order right, that it is you 
that we love. It is you that we long for. It is you that saves us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Watch over these kids, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. All right, thank you, kids. Did we come up with a special for the church to sing? Anybody? Huh? 247. I don't know if John is up for... Are you you up for 247? The old rugged cross. That's a good one. Go it'll go along with about anything for today. If you would stand with me, help me out. 247, the old rugged cross. We'll give Mary Lou just a few minutes here. We were going to recognize the youngsters that were moving up in class, but we have a lot of people gone, <laughs> and so we're not going to get that done yet again. Uh, we'll try to recognize them next week. Um, and so I want to go back and finish up the message from last week um, in our bulletin inserts. There should be um, the notes, and it's a new set of notes. You can go on from last week, but I added something just a little bit different on these new set of notes. And we started looking at the real deal, that is, who Jesus is, talking about in the passage of Colossians chapter 2. And really, chapter 2, beginning in chapter 1, verse 15, he's dealing with some heresies and the reality that, hey, we need Jesus. That's who we need. That's all, okay? Now, if He leads you to do things because of that relationship with Him, and if He's given us specific commands in Scripture, then we are to follow those. But these people were being challenged by others to say, hey, He isn't quite enough. And you have to do these things or believe in these things to get everything that you may want. To be fully saved. And so the, the challenge that we gave is just, hey, simply trust in your glorious Savior. Simply trust in Him because Jesus is a real deal. And so in Colossians chapter 2, verse 16 and 17, therefore no one is to act as your judge in regard to food or drink or respect to festival, festival or feast or a new moon or a Sabbath day. Things which are a mere shadow of what is to come, but the substance, the, the soma, the body belongs to Christ. That is, it's all about Jesus, okay? And that is, so when you see a shadow on the road, that's just saying, hey, something real is coming, right? And my shadow may, I may cast a long shadow depending on where the moon or the, the sun is. It may be a, a false depiction of how tall I am depending on where it is. But the real deal is when I come walking along finally, right? And it's saying, hey, the, the Old Testament, these festivals, the, the Sabbath and all this stuff was pointing towards, it's a shadow, it's pointing towards, there might be a lot more back there, but it's pointing to something real, and that which is real is Jesus Christ, okay? And so I got a little distracted as I was reading some articles and looking through some things about, man, these feasts, they all do point. Uh, the, 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 the 
seven festivals or feasts of Leviticus 23 all point to Jesus and some prophetic realizations of Lord Jesus Christ. And so when we look at, as we ended on the last one, on number seven, the Feast of Booths or Tabernacle, uh, Feast of Tabernacles, uh, Sukkot, Sukkot, um, Leviticus 33-34, it's pointing prophetically to when uh, Elohim with us, right? When God is with us, or the Millennial Kingdom. And I find this one most fascinating. So if you weren't here last week, you can go back and listen to the sermon. And we blew through them really fast. And there's so much more we can study on them. And I'm prayerfully considering if we do that at some point. Probably won't happen this year. Uh, it's already the, the last Sunday of summer. Who's crying? Not just because of allergies, Okay. Uh, but we're moving on. It's the last Sunday of September. Can you believe that? Isn't it? Maybe I'm off. But no, we got one more Sunday, I think. All right. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. But we come back to this passage, and, and we, we went through all of those. And, and this one was very fascinating to me in number seven, uh, the Feast of Booze. Let me get into my notes to where we were, had been. Because of John chapter 7. So would you turn briefly with me, let's see how brief I can be, to John chapter 7. And last week we began talking about what they, a lot of the things that they did, ceremonies that they had, and, and so there's a wide range of ceremonies, wide range of traditions even today that they have concerning all of these, and a lot of different teachings, and, and the the... The Feast of Booths is one that reminded them when they were in the wilderness wandering and, and their, their shoes didn't wear out, their clothes didn't wear out, God provided their food, God was going before them, God was with them, Elohim with us, and someday again they will see their Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ in the Millennial Kingdom. But in this they also had some other aspects that they did ritualistically. And when the temple was there, when Jesus was there, in John chapter 7 verse 2, there was this great tension about who Jesus was uh, in this passage. And in verse 14, Jesus, He had said He wasn't going to go, but finally He goes in verse 14. And some believed, but many said that He had a, de- a, demon, de- a demon in verse 20. And then I want us to note verse 37 and 39 because on the last day of the feast or the festival, which it says this is when that time was, it was traditionally a day that the high priest would go down to the pool of Siloam and he would, with a pitcher, and he would get this pitcher of water and they considered the pool of Siloam uh, uh, a pool of living water, right? And... The people would shout Isaiah 12.47 as he gathered the water. And that would be, Therefore with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. God saves Joshua or Yeshua or Jesus. God's salvation. And so they would shout, Therefore with joy you will draw waters from the wells of salvation. And then the high priest would take that water back and over the brazen altar, they would, he would pour it as a libation or as a, 
uh, a memorial or a sacrifice to the Lord, and the other priests would walk around with palm branches seven times. And remember, when they came out of the wilderness, while they were still in their tents, one of the first battles they had was a battle of Jericho, right? And they walked around it, and so there's some picture of that. But they would chant, or they would say, as he was pouring this water out, as they would march around seven times with the palm branches, Blessed is he, Psalm 118.26, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And it was probably during this offering ceremony that Jesus says this in John 7, 37 through 38. Follow along. Now on that last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Who's the living water, right? It's not the Pulis alone. It's Jesus. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. And Jesus, his name Yeshua, the Lord saves, God saves, But this he spoke of the Spirit whom those who believed in him were to receive for the Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. But here in this passage, he's yelling out to the Jews, turn to me. And so Jesus is the Lord of the the celebration of Sukkot, right? Or of booths, the festival of booths. Colossians 2.2 says that It says that their hearts may be encouraged, having been knit together in love and attaining to all the wealth that comes from the full assurance of understanding, resulting in a true knowledge of God's mystery. That is Christ himself. Jesus is the real deal. And so we need to remember and understand that we are so blessed to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Right? He is the one that we need. And, and when you get into chapter 3 of Colossians, you'll see, well, why are we having our, our focus on these things around here? Let's keep our focus on the Lord Jesus Christ, on the things that are eternal. Don't turn to the things that are temporal. And so Jesus is the real deal. The believer's prize is simply being in one of the many prizes, okay? One of the many joys, one of the many blessings, is that we can simply trust in Jesus and know Hey, I know my future. Moving on, though. Let's go through the rest of this here in Colossians chapter 2, 18 and 19. Let no one... And I'm going to kind of go over these fast because we've really dealt with these hard from Colossians chapter 1, verse 15, all the way to this day. Throughout the summer, we've been going over this again and again and again. So... Here it is. This just reaffirms what we've already studied here together. Let no one keep defrauding you of your prize by delighting in self-abasement and the worship of angels taking his stand on visions he has seen, inflated without cause by his fleshly mind, and not holding fast to the head from which the entire body being supplied and held together by the joints and ligaments grows with the growth which is from God. The growth comes from God and who we cling to is Jesus Christ because he's the real deal and he's the head, right? Jesus is everything and he's saying, don't let these people rob you of what you have in Jesus. Whether it's old traditions, old Jewish ways of doing things that were actually supposed to point to Christ, 
or if it's something mystical and say, oh, we have a new vision. And Christ isn't enough. You need to have a newer or better knowledge than what you have in Jesus. Or you need to abstain from all this stuff and, and earn your salvation by abstaining from these things. Or you need to worship the angels, right? And we see that in Hebrews as well that he, they had to deal with that. But Jesus is all you need. You don't need the visions. You don't, you don't need all this stuff. You don't need any of that. All you need is the Lord Jesus Christ and therefore His Word and a relationship with Him. Jesus Christ is our greatest blessing in this life. And the headship of Christ is also a prize that God helps us to grow as a body together in Him. Okay? We cannot grow. If someone were to, uh, Lord forbid, chop my head off, would I be able to eat anymore? Huh? Would I be able to see anymore? I would be dead, actually. Why would we want to detach from Christ? Why would we want something other than Christ? He is the head. Moving on into, and I know we're breezing through these, but just remember, Jesus is what we need. He's the real deal. There's only real life in the Lord Jesus Christ, 20 through 23. If you have died with Christ to the elementary principles of the world, why as if you were living in the world do you submit yourself to the decrees such as do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, which all refer to things destined to perish with use in accordance with the commandments and teachings of men? These are matters which have, to be sure, the appearance of wisdom and self-made religion and self-abasement and severe treatment of the body, but are of no value against fleshly indulgence. And so really, you saying all this stuff, they think, hey, you're going to get a leg up on this sin or on this world and look more righteous, but none of it helps. Okay, It doesn't really help, that last line, right? It does not help against fleshly indulgence. Okay, What you need is Christ. What you need is a deeper relationship with Him. You need to be walking with the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you begin to go into this mindset that, hey, I have to do all this on my own, or I have to do all this to attain a, uh, a better standing with Christ, or even that, hey, you know, I would like to believe in Jesus, but maybe I should set my own life right first. No, that ain't going to happen, right? When people say that, they need to simply come as they are, as the old, youngish old song says, with just one plea. It's all Jesus. It's all about Him. And through Him, there is freedom. And through Him, there is victory. Because of what He did on the cross. Because of what He is doing in our lives. We have victory. And so the question for us today, um, and there should be several. First, have I turned to Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of my sins? And if you have, if we have, Am I simply trusting in Jesus? And, you know, when we turn to Christ, it doesn't necessarily mean that He's going to make everything so easy, right? 
that you won't ever have a hard day again. That's not ever what He has ever promised. But with Him, we have peace. With Him, we have eternal life. And I think it's important for us to remember that people who have not turned to the Lord Jesus Christ and we try to help them out of a problem or a situation that's spiritual, they won't find it unless they find Christ. Right? You know, you may buy a very, very expensive car, let's say, and if the battery is dead, you can't go anywhere especially those new cars, right? That's all they have. That's what I hear anyway. I don't know. I don't believe it until I see I won't believe No, anyway. Uh, or a horse. I was going to say a horse, but if you buy an expensive horse and it shows up and it's already dead, it doesn't matter how much money you have put into it. It doesn't matter its bloodline or how fast it was yesterday. It's dead. No matter how hard you kick it, chain, it's not going to get up, Okay? Just give up. So the Bible says, apart from Christ, we're dead in our trespasses and sins. People need help. So first they need Jesus Christ. And for us today, so we we come to take communion, and, and the challenge for you today is first, make sure that you have truly turned with full faith and confidence to the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you have not ever turned to Him by faith, receiving Him into your life, we ask that you would refrain from taking communion. If you're holding something against another believer or person, unwilling to cover it with love, or if if you're unwilling to confess an unconfessed sin, then don't take communion. But if you're willing at this moment to confess that sin, we, in, we encourage you as a brother and sister in Christ to join us as we celebrate our crucified and risen Savior, Jesus Christ. And so as we take communion, we're going to take a few moments and we're going to recognize and celebrate and give praise and thanks to Jesus for who He is, right? Fully God and fully man. What He did, He came to this earth, added humanity, walked a perfect life, willingly submitted to the Father and died upon that cross, allowing His body to be beaten and bruised. And so when we take the bread, we recognize that He is fully God and fully man and that He was willing to be beaten and bruised and to become that that Passover lamb. Remember we talked about that? be that sacrifice in our place and as we take the cup we're recognizing the same thing but we're also recognizing that he has ushered in a new covenant by which we gentiles have been placed into the body of christ that we have been grafted in and we have been saved and that he has sent his holy spirit to indwell us praise the lord and through him His Word and His Holy Spirit, we have what we need to make it in this life, which is a battle, a spiritual battle. And I think as as Christians in the United States, we forget it is a spiritual 
battle. And we say it's getting more and more so every day. It's always been. And so maybe we're blessed to live in this time to say, this is a spiritual battle. And so as we take the cup, we give him praise and we give him thanks, recognizing that by his blood our sins have been washed away. Praise the Lord. What must we do to be born again? John 3.16, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. Believe with your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. So believe in him. And that belief isn't just, oh yeah, I believe. It's a full assent and recognition which draws you to a full commitment to Christ. Let's pray. Would the men come forward as we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank You for all that You have done in sending Your Son to Lord Jesus Christ to die on the cross to pay for our sins. We ask, Lord Jesus, that, that You would help us to have the right thinking in a world that's really messed up. And as we take this bread together, that we would understand the severity of the sacrifice. And therefore, how horrendous, how severe, how wretched sin is. And Lord, if there's sin in our life, please convict us now through your Holy Spirit. Please make us aware of our need to confess that before you and understanding that we are in your family now, but that sin, it, 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 is, it messes everything up. It ruins our relationship with you and others. But yet, if we confess our sins as 1 John 1 uh, 7 through 9 says, You are faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us of all unrighteousness. It will, if we confess it, Lord, we're already in that perfect relationship with you. So help us to, to remove all hindrances of that perfect relationship. Help us also to be aware of our wrong thinking, Lord, and set us aright. But we thank You, Lord Jesus, for what You've done. And we thank You that You were willing to be beaten and bruised in Your body. Willing to suffer at the hands of unrighteous men. We thank You, Lord, that You were willing to, to, to face that scoffing and that beating and that mocking and this, the, the hatred for us. And that You were willing to give Your life up as a ransom for many. As we take this bread, we, we give you praise and we give you thanks and we ask that you would continue to guide and direct us and draw us together as a, as a family. We ask that you would bless us as we take the bread. In Jesus' name, amen.
you that the Lord Jesus in the night in which he, be, he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take it together. Lord, we come before You and we thank You. We thank You, Lord Jesus, for shedding Your blood on the cross. Your willingness to be sacrificed, not only to purify us from all unrighteousness, to cleanse us, Lord, from our sins and to bring us into Your family, but You made a new covenant. And we ask, Lord, that You would help us to be sensitive to Your leading and Your direction through Your Holy Spirit that we wouldn't sit back, that we would move forward. And Lord, now, as we continue to recognize Your sacrifice, we also give You praise for Your resurrection. And we eagerly wait for Your return. And we thank You, Lord, that we have the opportunity to, to be Your hands and Your feet, or Your army, so to speak, uh, to do Your wor work and Your will upon this earth to proclaim the message of the Gospel. Help us to be faithful. And now we thank You, Lord Jesus, for, for Your blood that You shed upon the cross so this could all be made possible. And we thank You. We ask that You would bless this cup today as we take it together. In Jesus' name, Amen. also after supper saying this cup is a new covenant in my blood do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me let's take it together
1 Corinthians 11.26 goes on to say, as often, For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. And He cannot come unless He rose again. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You again for Your mercy and Your grace towards us. We ask that You would guide and direct us as we go out today to to be your the extension that we're meant to be to do your will to proclaim your glory to share the gospel message help us to reflect your greatness in Jesus name amen at this time we'll have the young men come forward and we'll take up this morning's offering Uh, while they do that, and I was considering...